This is week part three of a series, The Fruit of the Spirit. One of the reasons we want to do this is because um, in, in the middle of these seasons of, of challenges, difficulty, of, of not having control over things, um, there's something we should be looking for, right? Um, I don't know if you ever started your day off where it's going really well, and then something happens, and all of a sudden it doesn't, it's not so well, right? Maybe you're going to work, and somebody cuts you off, and it's like, well, there goes my, uh, there goes my day, right? Or, or you get a phone call or something, and uh, in the middle of that, we're going to talk about that. What, what, what is taking place in those moments when we lose our, our happiness, when we lose maybe our joy or our peace in the, in the middle of that? And so today we're going to talk about that. Um, and so here's, here's the thing about when it comes to this series I've said it, said it uh, last week and week before. Is really it's a, it's a series that, that's really helping Jesus followers know what we should be um, looking like in, in this in this season of elections and of COVID. Um, but but it's also for those that maybe you're not a Jesus follower yet, you're not a, a Christian, but you're thinking about it. This would be one of those series that helps you understand. This is what if you are going to follow Christ. Here's the things that you should be seeing in your life or in other Christians' life. Um, how do you know an apple tree is an apple tree? Anybody? What would it produce? Limes. Mangoes, avocados, I wish, right? Apples. An apple tree is an apple tree, and we know it's an apple tree because it produces apples. A grapevine is a grapevine because it produces grapes, right? A Christian is a Christian. It should produce something. That's what we're talking about in this series. If you're a Jesus follower, then here's some things that you should be producing. And so last week, we'll review just from last week, and then we'll jump into today's uh, message, right? Uh, So we said this last week. When it comes to um, the fruit of the Spirit, love is how it starts off. And we said if if we're going to love others, we need to add value. Uh, build up others up, and then be consistent and constant in our, in our approach to others, right? And, we, and the word that we, the love that the word the Bible uses is agape, which means it's unconditional, it's sacrificial, and it's forgiving. And when you love others, that's, that's what it should look, look like, is we're adding value, we're building others up, and we're being consistent and constant in our approach to others. And we said that the main evidence, evidence of maturity in any Christ, Christ, Christian's life is a growing love for God and for people. So if you're maturing in your, in your walk with God, you should have a growing love for God and a growing love for people. And if either of those are diminished, you're not growing in your walk. You're not maturing the way you should be. And so this series says, let's focus on that, all right? Um, and this is what, what um, Paul's talking to the church in Galatia. And in, in, this, in this chapter, where he talks about what we should see in the life of a believer who's following Christ. Uh, in Galatians 5, he says, The entire law is fulfilled by keeping this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. So really, if you love others, you're fulfilling all of what the scriptures talk about. That is the main point of this, is love for God, love for others. And he says, if you do this, you're fulfilling that. And so all the other characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit are, are, are the, the work of love in our lives. It's the demonstration of love in our life. And we'll talk about that. He goes on and says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. This is why we're doing this series, because we're in a season where there's a lot of biting and devouring, right? A lot of slander, a lot of uh, talk about people who didn't vote like you or who did vote like you or whatever, um, there's, there's a lot of this popping up. And if we let this become the thing that dominates our life, this is what we can expect, that we will eventually destroy each other. And that's what we don't want. And so Jesus followers uh, should not be this kind of person, but should be the person that says we're going to act differently, talk differently, love people in such a way that, that, like, that Christ, Christ did. And then he goes on in Galatians 5 and he says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. We talked about that last week. Today we're going to talk about joy and peace. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such thing there is no law. So this fulfills the law. This is what the law is pointing to. This is what Scripture is pointing to, is we should see this in the life of a believer. So the fruit of the Spirit, that means when God is leading us, we should expect to see, like you expect apples on an apple tree, you should expect to see this kind of fruit in our life. We should really love 
And then these are all expressions of that love in our life. And so today we're going to talk about joy and we're going to talk about peace. Uh, two things that the world looks for um, every single day. People, I, I think it's the world, all of us, are looking for joy and peace in our lives. We don't call it joy, we call it happiness, right? The pursuit of happiness. Um, and we're looking for peace. And, we'll, and people will try anything, I mean anything, to try to find those two things, joy and peace. But unfortunately, um, the, the thing that we look to for joy and peace in our lives, uh, if, it's, if it's a temporary thing, it, the joy and peace will only be temporary. So if you go to alcohol to find any kind of peace or even some happiness or some joy in your life, it'll only last as long as the alcohol was in your system will last. Or drugs, same thing, right? Or, or relationships. If you're looking to another person for happiness, for joy or peace, It'll only last as long as you're in good standing with that person. As soon as that's removed, then you all of a sudden you, those begin to diminish. But really, when we say joy, we'll talk about joy first. Um, people tend to think happiness, right? The pursuit of happiness, we, we tend to equate the two, but they're different. Uh, happiness is always conditional. It's based on our circumstances. You know, in the morning when you're driving to work, right? If I asked you how your, how your day is going, typically you would answer by saying, um, really by, by determining how many problems in your life. So I said, how's your, how's your life going? Well, you think of your life, and if there's a lot of problems, the problems are high, then your happiness is going to be low. If there's a little bit of problems, then your happiness will be high. So if, I, if you said, well, it's going really well, that typically means you don't have a lot of problems happening in your life and you're, you're content. Um, joy is different. Uh, joy can be present even when all, all, a lot of things are not working out in your way, right? When things are going bad. Let me give you a comparison between the two, happiness and joy. Here's the difference. Happiness, it's a state of mind, right? So as long as you're going to work and... You're, you're thinking about something. Somebody cuts in. Now your mindset, your, your, your state of mind changed to something else. You lose your happiness because of the person that cut you off. While joy is a mindset. A mindset is saying it's, it's going to stay the same no matter who cuts me off, no matter what happens in my life. So happiness is conditional, right? Uh, it, it, on circumstances going on. Happiness, it comes and goes. We can be happy for the moment where joy can be constant in our lives, a consistent thing in our life. Happiness is dependent while joy is independent. So um, happiness is dependent on what others say or others do. Joy is independent of what others say or do. Happiness is conditional while joy is unconditional. We can receive joy um, even when things aren't going our way. There's, there's not conditions attached to it, right? It doesn't matter what's taking place in our life circumstantially. We can still have joy in the middle of this. And this is why I think if, if you're not a Jesus follower, this is one of the reasons I would say you should follow Jesus because this is one of the things that God wants to give us in our life is joy. And no matter what we're facing, we can have joy in the middle of whatever's going on. And where most people chase this, really they're after this. And this is what God can give us. Um, so the choice is us. The choice is ours when it comes to choosing joy in our lives. Um, it's not dependent on what's going on. In, in, it's, it's an internal joy, right? It's an internal happiness that comes from the heart, not an external uh, hap- happiness that, that comes from what, what things are taking place in your life. Uh, Jesus told his disciples in John 15 and... Uh, so, the, so the, the Gospel of John, uh, 13, 14, 15, up to 17, is really the last conversation that, that Jesus is having with his disciples. And John does an incredible job recording all the things, kind of like those last things that Jesus is telling him before he goes to the cross. He's telling him he's going to die. He's telling him all these things are going to take place. But he's teaching them and encouraging them how they should respond despite these things that take place. And this is one of the things he tells them. He says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So... Um, God is, Jesus is trying to help his disciples understand that even when they crucify and kill him, which he told them is going to happen, they can still have joy. And, and before this, he says, um, if you remain in me, right, if you have a relationship with me, uh, you'll bear much fruit in your life. And if you keep my commandments and you remain in my love, 
just as I've kept my Father's commandments, then and you reign His love, He says, then you will you'll produce much much fruit in your life. And He goes on and says, so the joy that I'm telling you, I'm telling you these things, these commandments of loving one another, so that you can have joy. My joy will be in you, and your joy will be complete. So it's it's a fullness of joy, right? It's 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 His joy, but then it becomes our joy also. So we can say it like this: Joy is a gift that God gives us. Joy is a gift that God gives us. Joy comes from from God, and so. Um, he's saying may, your joy may be, com- may be complete in your life, right? It's a, del- a delight in the heart that's based on a spiritual reality, not a physical reality. So we can look around our, our culture and COVID is going crazy, right? Or whatever is taking place in our world. Um, that can affect our happiness, but it doesn't have to affect our joy. You can still be um, joyful in the middle of it, which is really interesting that, that even in the middle of, of difficulties, you can still have joy. Um, and I would say it like this. Uh, when we worry and we fret about things, right? It's usually because we don't have control. We tend to be fearful and, and concerned and, and disturbed by things that we don't have control of. Um, joy is the first step to replace and reduce that stress in our lives. So if you're stressed out in life, things are going, not going your way, joy is going to be the first step, which we'll see in a little bit when Paul talks about this, to replace and reduce that stress in your life. Um, it, it's, it's God's invitation for us to trust him to see something that we're not seeing. Happiness is focused on the immediate, what's taking place around you, right? whatever you're going through. Joy is focused on something that's bigger, much larger than just what's in front of you. What you see is not the whole story. And joy is saying there's something greater, something bigger, if we'll focus on that. So it's really about a changed perspective when it, when it comes to choosing joy in our lives. Um, that we, we don't focus on what's in front of us. We focus on what God wants to do despite whatever is in front of us, right? Um, it's, a, it's a reminder that God is in control and he can take care of these things, right? The outcome is in his hands, not in our hands. It's not our control. So it's turning it over to him is when we begin to take that first step to find this. Um, and here's, here's the thing. When, when we uh, are lacking joy in our lives, typically it's because we're focused on an external, we're focused, focused on a circumstance, not on what God's promises for our lives. Um, and here's the truth. When you're focused on that thing, right, maybe it's something you don't have or something that's going on, uh, whatever you don't have is always much less than what you do have in Christ. Let me say it again. So what you don't have, right, what you, that, that we tend to focus on, not having enough food or money or whatever, right, there's a stress, there's bills. What you don't have is much less than what you do have in Christ, whatever it is. And in our world, we tend to focus on the things that we don't have, and we miss out on the things that God has for us. And we tend to compare our lives to others and what they have, and because we don't have as much as they have, then we lose our joy because we're focused on the external, where God is saying, maybe you don't have it because it's not good for you, and you have to trust me in the middle of it. In fact, James says it like this. So James is the half-brother of Jesus, right? So he grew up with Jesus. And this is, for me, I believe, one of the strongest arguments for, for, for Jesus being uh, the Son of God and for the, for the Gospels being true, right? What would it take to convince your half-brother that you're God? What would it take? Because James didn't believe he was God. He thought he was probably crazy, and he separated himself, but like a lot of his family members, like from Jesus, right? Because he had this, this uh, delusional ideas about him being the Son of God. And he's like, whoa, whoa, you're making us look crazy, Jesus, right? So I'm going to back away. And then... Jesus dies on the cross, comes back to life, and visits them. And all of a sudden, James is like, whoa, he wasn't lying. He really was the Son of God. And then not only does he believe in Jesus, but he goes on to spread the, the, the good news around the world and even dies in a horrible way. What would it take to convince your half-brother uh, to believe you're the Son of God and then to give his life in a, in a, in a horrible way to, to be, be killed as a martyr? Um, it would take the resurrection, right? And that's the strength of the gospel is it's Jesus' resurrection that we, that we lean towards. Well, this is what James tells us. James says it like this. In James 1, consider it pure joy. What do we need to consider pure joy? My brothers and sisters, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Anybody considering COVID 
Joy. Anybody considering the elections joy, right? He's saying when you face things like this, consider it pure joy. Wait, wait. Nobody considers difficulties joy, but he says you should. Why? Because he says, you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. When you go through something difficult, it's going to produce something in your life. So he's saying, consider it pure joy when you face something hard. Because in that heart, in that, that, that stress, in that difficulty, something will be developed inside of you. It's a character. It's, it's what God is trying to do in your life. And he's saying, and so just so you know, when he's writing this to the, to the church, the early church, he's saying, he's saying guys, um, you're going through something difficult. They were being killed for their faith. Um, some of them were having to hide from people that were hunting them down to kill them. So they were going hungry. They didn't have food. They, didn't, they were running. They were displaced. He's saying, hey, guys, brothers and sisters, when you face difficulties, consider it pure joy. Like you're going through something hard, consider it pure joy because the testing of your faith is going to produce perseverance. And that perseverance, if you let it finish its work, that you will be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So let perseverance, let the, the, the character God's trying to develop in you, finish its work in you so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. We need more people like this that are mature and complete. And we're not looking to others to fulfill our, fulfill our lives because we're complete. And he's, James is saying, when, when you face difficulties and you find it pure joy, you consider it pure joy and let it do its work, you're going to grow up. You're going to become a, a person that others can look to. And then notice what he says, not lacking anything. What he's saying is when you trust God, whatever you have, you're going to understand that's, that's, all, that's all you need. Um, I've traveled different nations that, that are very poor, um, and you meet these people that don't have anything. Their house is very small, don't have a lot of... Uh, material possessions don't have a lot to, to go for their life, but they have joy, and then they're full of it. Um, and you see it because they understand that even though they might be lacking things materially, they're not lacking anything when it comes to what God has for them. They found and discovered the secret to life. They discover what it means to trust God in all things. And so he's saying, let it do its work in your life. Let this season, this this year, 2020, do do the work it needs to do in your life so that you can become mature and complete. See, too many people... They're frustrated with 2020 because they're not letting us do its work, and they're not maturing. They're immature, and they're not complete. They're incomplete, and they're blaming everything else, every circumstance for, for their, their lack of something, where, where James is saying, you won't lack anything if you let God do, do the work in your life. And this is what it means to have joy. Despite what you're going through, you can still have joy. We can say like this, sadness, sickness, sorrow, suffering, none of those things can steal your joy. There's only one thing that can steal your joy, and that's sin. When you choose to do the opposite of what God asks you to do, when you choose to do um, um, things that God is saying are not good for you, you, you'll lose your joy then. That's the only time you can lose your joy. But sadness and sickness and sorrow and suffering, those things can't, they can't rob your joy. They can, you can give it to them, right? Um, when it comes to different, different people in your life, maybe pressures or, or problems or people, they can't necessarily take your joy from you, but you can give it to them. So the guy, the person that cuts you off for driving to work, they, they, can, they, don't, they can't necessarily take your joy, but you can give it to them if you want and lose your joy because... You're, you're focused on the wrong thing. But only sin can do that. Sin is the only thing when we choose to do the opposite of what God has, there's a separation because sin separates us from God. There's a gap, there's a chasm that it, it creates that, that, that needs to be fixed before we can find that joy again. That's the only thing that can. So I'll say it like this, don't let pressure or problems or even people steal your joy, right? Because they only can if you let them. People can only take your joy if you allow them to take your joy. Uh, don't let deadlines or bills, any kind of anxiety, anything that you face, don't let it. Only because it, it only can if you allow it to. I heard a, a story of a missionary in, in India, and uh, there was this uh, Hindu trader. Uh, he asked this man named Pima, uh, he, who was a native Christian there, 
He says, he says um, what do you put on your face to make it shine so? And uh, Pima says, what do you mean? He says, I don't, I don't put anything on it. And the trader says, yes, you do. He says, all you Christians do. I've seen it in Agra. I've seen it in Surat. And I've seen it in Bombay. Um, and then Pima laughs. And he says, and, and his happy face shines through. And he says, oh, I'll tell you what it is that makes my face shine. He says, it's, it's happiness in my heart. He says, Jesus gives me joy. And he realized what he was asking. This man sees something different in the Christians in his, in, in his, in his country. That, when I went to India, I saw a lot of people that were, didn't have a lot, but those that were, were Jesus followers, they had joy that shone through. You see something different in their life. Even though they don't have, they have something so much more than what the richest person has because they have, God, they have the joy that God gives. Do you have this in your heart? Is it joy in your heart? Because uh, let me just say this. If you're not a Jesus follower, uh, you can't get joy. You can get happiness, but you never get joy because joy is only a gift that God gives to those who say, I want right relationship with you. I want to be, I want to, I want to know that things are right between the two of us. If, um, sincerity to myself, you know, if there was an issue between us, do you want to come up here? <laughs> if there was an issue between sincerity and myself, right? So we got in an argument, whatever it was, this, this, I did something and she's upset with me. Um, there won't be peace in our relationship or in our house until we resolve that, right? That's kind of what sin does to us. It separates us and it keeps us from God and there's not the joy in our lives until we settle what's going on. Peace is very similar. We'll talk about that in a second, right? It, 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 it's in the same way that we, we lose it when there's not relationship with God. And so the first step, if, you're, if you want joy, if you're not a Jesus follower, it's to have relationship with God. And if you are a Christian and a Jesus follower and you don't have joy, it's to resolve this issue. It's to say, God, I can't do this without you. All right? So joy is, is a gift from God. Another thing that's a gift from God is peace. Let's talk about peace. Typically, when you ask people about peace in our world, what they typically say is it's, it's, it's an absence of something, right? Um, the, the definition they would give you is an absence of war or absence of trouble, um, right? right? It's, it's a, um, it's, but it's usually not, not the presence of contentment. It's always just the absence of something. But here's the thing about, about peace in the Bible. Peace is not the absence of uh, difficulty or conflict or problems. It's actually the peace. It's actually the presence of God. So scripturally, peace... It's not the absence of something, it's, it's the addition of something. And one thing specifically, Jesus, his presence, God's presence, right? So when Christ is present, his peace is always available to us. We see this in the stories of the disciples. We see this in the stories in the Old Testament of people who trusted God. And they had peace even though they're going through something difficult. Even though they're facing something hard because the presence of God was with them. And they had peace. They weren't afraid because they knew God was with them. So peace, it's not the absence of war and fighting. It's actually the presence of God in our lives. This is biblical peace. The peace we typically talk to you is more about um, trying, to, trying to keep peace, right? Where God is trying to make peace with us. We can say it like this. Peace is a confidence that God can relieve you of your pressures, God can solve your problems, and that God can handle the people in your life. Because typically those three things is what kind of takes our, our peace, right? We allow them to. It's a confidence that he can relieve our pressures, he can solve our problems, and that God can handle the people in our lives. When we trust him, it's an exchange, right? We're not giving those, the, the peace to those, those things. We're actually saying, God, I exchange my anxieties, my worries. I give it to you. In fact, it's really one thing that takes our, our peace. It's the focus of our life, our, our, thought, our thought process. Uh, so peace is also a gift. Watch what Jesus said in John when he's talking, same kind of context, in that same uh, dynamic where he's teaching his disciples. John 14, he says this, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. So God has given us peace that comes from him. I do not give to you as the world gives. It can come and go, right? Uh, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So he's telling him he's going to die on the cross. He's going to be, he's going to be killed. 
But he's saying, guys, I'm going to give you the helper, the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to leave my peace with you. I'm going to leave my peace. I give it to you. Not like the world gives, but the one I give. And notice what he says. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't, let, don't be fearful. Don't be afraid of what's taking place in the world because I have overcome the world, right? Do not be afraid. Um, he goes on and says, no, that's... and then in John 16, he also says this about peace. I've told you these things so that in me you may have my peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Notice what he says. It's not, my peace is not because there's an absence of trouble. My, my peace actually is despite the trouble, despite the difficulties you go through. And he's telling them, I've told you these things, so that when you, when you face something difficult, you'll still have peace, right? And then he goes on and says, you guys, you're going to have challenges. You're going to have difficulties. Remember J- James said, though, consider those things pure joy because they'll develop something inside of you, right? And take heart because you can have peace because I will overcome everything that's ever going to be you're ever going to have to face. I've done it. And when you're close to me, you have my peace. Psalm 16, 11 says this. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence. Another translation says there is fullness of joy in your presence. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. With eternal pleasures at your right hand. So notice the psalmist is saying, when I'm close to you, when I'm near you, there is joy in your presence, right? There's peace in your presence. There's, where you are, I can have peace in your life. Philippians 4 um, Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. Um, it's his happiest letter, and he writes it from prison. So Paul is in prison, and when we say prison, it would have been a, the worst conditions you could imagine, right? Most likely he was chained to somebody, a guard, day and night, um, and they didn't have hygiene like we did, so he'd probably be next to somebody who stinks a lot, right? You wouldn't be able to shower, so you'd stink a lot. It'd just be, so, so in those poor circumstances and, and situation, he writes his happiest letter to the church in Philippi to encourage them. And notice what he's telling them, right? Uh, rejoice in the Lord. So have, have, have that joy in the Lord. Delight in what God is doing in your life. Delight in what God's plans. Delight in who God is. I will say it again, rejoice. So he's in prison. He's telling the church that's not in prison, but they're still going through hard times. Guys, rejoice. Have joy in life. Choose joy, right? Let your gentleness be evident to all. And we'll talk about this in a couple weeks. He's, not, he's saying, let the fruit of your life be evident to all. Let people see something in you. Kind of like that Christian in India, right? Joy is showing through. He's saying, it starts with joy, and it's going to lead to peace in a second. But notice what he says. You can do this because the Lord is near. Like God is close to you. His presence is, is available to us. We can have joy because God is near. And he goes on and says this. Uh, Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, COVID situation, the election situation, your work situation, your bill situation, don't be anxious, but in everything, in anything, every situation, by prayer... Return it to God, your petitions, your requests, right, with thanksgiving. And this is interesting because he puts this in. Even though it's not happened yet, you can still thank God as if it did happen. You can begin to trust God that, that he's going to take care of you even when you're in this situation. And then present your request to God. So he's saying, don't let the anxiety and the worries and the fear of what you're going through overtake you so that you lose your peace. But rather, in every situation, turn it to God. He's saying, draw near to God. Turn your attention to God. So the first one is you rejoice, you have joy in God, right? But then you relax. Um, God is near. Isaiah uh, 41:10 it says, uh, God is saying, do not fear for I am with you, right? He's saying, don't, don't focus on the problem, focus on the solution. Uh, psychologists, uh, they have this term when people um, think about the problem over and over and over. It's called ruminating, right? And what it, what it is is you only focus on the, on the situation, on the issue. And the more you focus on it, the, the worse it makes it for you. In fact, it can actually make you sick like physically and internally. 
It takes away your peace and your joy, right? Ruminating. What's the opposite of ruminating? Not focusing on the problem, but focusing on the solution. And this is what God and, and Paul encourage us to do is saying, don't focus on the issue, focus on the solution. Focus on the one who's bigger than the problem. Because if, if you focus on your problem, the problem's big. If you focus on God, now all of a sudden God is massive, your problem becomes really small. Say, so focus on the right thing. And then he goes on, if you do this, if you're not anxious, and you focus on God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. This is where your joy and where your peace are, 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 are messed up in your life. It's in your heart. That's your joy, right? It's in your mind. The things that you think about is where you find peace. If you focus on the wrong thing and let the news dominate your thoughts, your peace will go away because it's going to be a negative voice coming into your life. But he's saying if you will, if you, if you'll focus on God and pray and seek him, then that peace is going to transcend all understanding. Even when people understand it, they're going to say, wow, something's different about you. It'll guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying to the church in Philippi, guys, you don't have to worry when you're going through something difficult. Because if you focus on, the, on God, not the issue, not the problem, you'll have joy, you'll have peace in your life. It's a gift God gives you. You have to choose it, you have to focus on it, right? So he's saying you, you rejoice, you rest in the, what God is doing, you, you relax, right? You release it. He's saying, don't be anxious, but you release it. You give it to God. Really, it's an exchange. Do you want to hold on to the worries of life, or do you want to have God's peace? Do you want to hold on to the, to the issues of the world, or do you want to give it to God and have his joy? Right? He, it's an exchange that we give to God, and you do this with thanksgiving, right? And then you rest in the fact that God, he's with you, and he'll, he'll guard you from anxiety. He'll guard you from fear. He'll help you to do what's right, because when you have a right relationship with God and people, you'll have peace. You'll have joy. And that's, that's, the, that's the solution is we draw near to God. Notice what Isaiah says. God is speaking to the prophet Isaiah. He says, um, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. So Isaiah is saying, God, you're going to keep those people in perfect peace, right? I have learned the secret of being content in, every, in, in any and every situation. So he's going to teach us the secret here of how to be content in COVID, how to be content in the elections season, right? How to be content in all these, these different things we find ourselves. Um, of being content in, in, any, in ev- any and every situation. Whether I have a lot to eat or I'm hungry, whether I'm living with a plenty or in, in want, I can do all things through him who gives me the strength. So I can do all this through Christ Jesus who gives me the strength. So Nehemiah, in the Old Testament, Nehemiah is encouraging the people as they're building the wall in Jerusalem. Um, and he says this. He says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know where our strength comes from? It's God's joy that gives us the strength. So when Paul is saying, it's him who gives me the strength, he's saying, I find my strength in the joy of God. I find my strength in my relationship with God. If you're lacking strength, it's because you're lacking joy in your life. If you're lacking joy, it's because you're not drawing near to God. Um, whenever, whenever I um, have a pro- like, if, if I'm ever having an issue of praying, I know there's something in my life that's not right because I'm avoiding God. The same way, if I avoid sincerity in conversation, there's probably something that's not, not right there. And we have to solve that before we can move forward. You know, if, if you got a phone call from your boss and, hey, I need you to come into the office and we need to speak, two different emotions would rise up, right? Maybe anxiety and fear would be one of those, or maybe a peace would rise up, depending on how you've been working, right? So if you know you've been slacking and you know that you've been cheating or whatever, and the boss called you in, that, that fear would be like, oh, man, I'm caught, Right? It would rise up because something's not right. But if you're doing everything right, you're working overtime, you're doing all the stuff right, and he, he, Boston call you in, you're going in thinking, he's going to give me a raise, or she's going to give me a raise, because you knew you were doing the right thing. 
It's the same thing with joy and peace. We choose it through the actions. We choose what we focus on. And when we have right standing with God or with others, there can be joy, there can be peace, because there's nothing that's missing or broken there. But when we don't have things going right, we can expect that joy will be lacking and peace will be lacking in our relationships. And like he says, it's, it's, it's God's joy that gives me the strength. I can do all this through him who strengthens me. So what is he saying? I focus on the right thing, not the right wrong thing. I focus on who God is, not on the circumstance. I focus on what God wants to do through me and in me, not on the prison I'm in. And Paul is trying to teach us something. I think it's, it's so appropriate for us today in, in, in 2020 to say what you focus on is going to determine if you have joy or peace in your life. If you don't have it, it's because you're focused on the wrong thing. Because he's saying, guys, if you rejoice in God, if you find that strength in him, if, if, you don't, if you're not anxious, but you take it to God, if you draw near to him, you're going to find this. Uh, last night I was driving home from, from the building getting ready, and Sincerity has this playlist on our iTunes account, and uh, it, it's called um, Change Perspective. Uh, and the first song is Goodness of God. And uh, really it, it's focusing on the, uh, how good God is. And what I love about the song is when you're going through something difficult, you could focus on the difficulty, or you could say, you know what, despite the difficulty, God is still good. And this song, it, the reason it's called Change Perspective is because it gets you away from the perspective you're focused on of not, what's not working, and it gets you focused on what could be working and what God wants to do. Um, and then the next, the next song is one from Hill Songs that's uh, about um, going through difficulties, and even though the one lines is, even though I, I walk through hell, right, you're still with me, you're there. Like even in those moments of, of difficulty, God, you're still with me. Um, and, and this whole playlist is just these songs about saying, hey, instead of focusing on the issue, let's focus on who God is. Let's focus on the, the bigger picture. Let's focus on what God wants to do. And possibly you do this, you'll find joy. You'll find strength. You'll find peace in your life because God's going to do it. And then notice what he says when it comes to peace. In Romans uh, 12, he says this. He says, if it is possible, sometimes it's not, but usually it is, as far as it depends on you. And notice he puts the ball in our court. You want peace with others? You want peace with God? There's always something we have to do. Culture tends to wait for everybody else to do it, want everybody else to do something they're not doing. God is saying, no, no, don't wait for culture, don't wait for everybody else. You need to make a decision for yourself personally. As far as possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, God included. As far as it depends on you, do your part all the time to make sure there's peace between you and God. In fact, if you're a Jesus follower, you're called to be a peacemaker, right? That's what God calls us to, not peacekeeper. A peacekeeper says, you know, we'll agree to disagree. No, a peacemaker says, we're going to figure out a way to have peace. We're going to do our best to figure out, as far as it depends on me, to live at peace with everybody I encounter. And when you have the perspective Paul has and Jesus has, it's easier to add value to others, it's easier to build up others, and it's easier to be consistent with those relationships. Why? Because you're not focused on who they are, you're focused on who God is. You're focused on what he wants you to do. And when you show up in, in your, those environments are unhealthy, right? Maybe it's at work, maybe it's in your family, and maybe they're focused on the wrong thing, and they're so upset about the election, and they're so upset about, you know, COVID or whatever. You can catch that, or you could be a change agent that says, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring joy and peace to this atmosphere. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm to bring it because joy is contagious. Fear is contagious. Joy is contagious, right? Sorrow is contagious, but joy is contagious. Peace is contagious. And when we have the fruit of the Spirit, like love, joy, and peace, and those first three, they all come from God. God shows us what love looks like. God gives us joy, and he gives us peace. And those first three, he's saying, this, this can only happen in relationship with me. When you're close to me, you'll have right relationship. You'll have these things. And so we get it from God, and then others catch it from us. Um, and, and you always have to remember, what we don't have in life is always much less than what God has for us. Whatever you're lacking, maybe it's the fact that, you're, that God is saying you're not ready for it, 
you're, you haven't stewarded well what you do have, so don't expect more. Or sometimes it's God saying it's not good for you. That would not be good. It's going to only hurt you. And we have to trust God. A mature person says, I trust that you know more than me, so I'm going to, I'm going to realize I'm not lacking anything because you're saying um, you're leading me on this journey. All right? Um, numbers numbers 6, 24. I'll read you one more scripture in the Old Testament. That, uh, it's, it's, it's the priestly blessing. That's what it says. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine in you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. When sincerity and I are good, when she's happy with me, her face turns to me and it's radiant and it's, it's happy, right? It's, it's, we're good. And when she's not, at, we're not at peace, her face does not turn towards me. It turns away from me with a little bit of that, you know, anger and whatever, you know. It's away. And, this, and what he's saying here is may God's face turn towards you. May you have a relationship with you but that, that when he looks to you, he's desiring a relationship with you. Notice what comes from it. And he'll give you peace because you have things that are right with God. Uh, we know that, that God is the answer. Jesus is the answer to the world, right? He, he's known as the Prince of Peace. He brings peace to this world. So if we have the answer, let's share it with others. Let's accept it. Let's walk in it. Because um, here's the truth. You find freedom from anxiety, from fear, from worry when you find peace with God, peace with others, and peace with yourself. You'll be free from anxiety and fear and worry and all those things when you're at peace with God, peace with others, and peace with ourselves. Why? Because we're not afraid of God. We won't run from Him. We won't be afraid of others because we'll, we'll be in right relationship with them. And we won't even, we'll be at peace with ourselves because we know we're not choosing things that are going against what we really want. Because sometimes we actually choose things that are unhealthy because they're a quick fix, where we don't have peace with ourselves because we knew we took the easy route. We, 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 we took a shortcut. i got to say, learn to have peace with yourself by doing the hard things so that you can expect good things to take place, right? Um, that, that you'll have peace in your life with God, with others, and even with yourself. So if, if you're not a GS follower, this is what God wants to bring in your life, joy and peace. If you are a Jesus follower, you don't have joy or peace, it's because something's not right here. There's not a peace with you and God. There's not a peace with maybe you and others. Or even when there's not a peace within yourself. Because you're choosing to do the opposite of what God has. You're choosing to do things that don't work. And that doesn't have to necessarily be sin. It could just be things that you, you're not comfortable. You're, you're wanting something better, but you're choosing the junk food, right? You're choosing something that's easy, the, the sweets, rather than doing the hard thing, the healthy thing. Um, so Galatians 5. Let's read one more time. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace. The things that God wants to produce in our life, He wants us to love, show love, right? Joy in our life, peace in our life, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these such things, there is no law. And he goes on and says, To those who belong to Christ Jesus, I have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. To those who have chosen to follow Christ, we say in a daily, best, daily basis, no to the desires of our flesh, to the easy things, to the comfortable things, Right? And we crucify it with its passions and desires. We say no to those things. We say yes to God so that we can live with the Spirit. We can keep in step with the Spirit. This is all about peace with God, right? We're in right relationship with Him. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Just saying, stay, stay in step. If you want to see the fruit in your life produced and living out and people can see it, you stay in step with God. You, you learn to draw near to Him. We can say it like this. Here's a challenge for this week. Would you choose joy would you choose peace? It's a choice. Joy and peace in your life is a choice. And the way you do choose this is you have to draw near to God. You draw near to the Lord. So maybe you wake up tomorrow and things are going well and then something happens and you start getting frustrated. You can, you can choose joy or you can let happiness go out the window. You can choose peace or you can let that thing rob you of it. You can give it to it. 
I guarantee if you'll draw near to God, those two things will continue your life. If you'll say yes to what God is asking from you, you'll continue to have joy and peace in your life. You'll find freedom from all the worries of this world when you have peace with God and peace with others. You'll find, you'll find the freedom from that when you choose to say, God, I'm going to focus on who you are, not on what I'm going through. I'm going to focus on your promises, not on the issues that I'm facing. I'm going to focus on what you can give, not on what I can do. Don't focus on things you can't control. Focus on one thing you can in your perspective of what you're, what you're going to do. And when you draw near to God, that could be um, reading the scripture. That could be put, putting on a message that will inspire and encourage you. Uh, that could be putting on like that playlist I talked about that changed perspective, some worship music. It just changes the atmosphere, right? You're so frustrated. It's like, no, no, I'm going to focus on something different. Draw near to God. It'll change the atmosphere because you're saying, you bring joy to my life. You bring strength to my life. You bring peace to my life. It's a choice. If you don't have joy and peace, it's not because somebody took it from you. It's because you gave it to somebody. It's not because something took it. It's because you gave it to them. If you're a Jesus follower. Now, if you're not a Jesus follower, good news. Today, we're gonna, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, if you're ready to take that step. You want joy and peace that only God can give. You say yes to that relationship with him. And you, you accept it and you begin to walk like Paul talked about. You walk in step with him. You walk in a relationship with him that he can help you. So let's do me, do me a favor. Would you close your eyes and bow your head today as we end our service? Maybe you're in this room or maybe you're online watching. You don't have joy, you don't have peace. Maybe one, because you're not a Jesus follower. Or maybe two, because in this room or online you've chosen not to have a right relationship with God in this moment. You've chosen to do your own things and you need to resolve that. Either way, you're here, you're watching, and you want joy and peace in your life. I'd love to lead you in a prayer. It's a prayer of relationship with God saying, God, forgive me of my past, forgive me of my mistakes, I invite you in. If you're here today and you'd like to pray that with me, would you do me a favor and just lift your hand? I'm not going to call you where you're up to the front, but just right to lead you in a prayer right there in your, in your seat. Awesome. Anybody else? For you to raise your hand, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you're watching online, you want to pray with us. For the rest of us in the room, if you didn't raise your hand, would you pray with us so that those that raise their hand aren't praying alone? Say this today. Say, Father God, today I invite you into my life. I want your joy. I want your peace. Forgive me of my mistakes, of my sins, of my past. Today, I choose you into my life. Give me a new start. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to give us an example of how to live. Thank you that he died on that cross so I could have life. Thank you that he's alive today and wants to help me on this journey. I say yes to you today. I choose you. I choose joy. I choose peace. I pray. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate all those who prayed in the room. Pray online.